I'm Joshua. And I'm Brittany. And we're two librarians who talk about sci-fi and fantasy and a little bit of everything else. So Brittany, what have you been up to today? I ate nachos for breakfast. Oh my god! It was really great. Nacho breakfast. That's so. It sounds so good. Um, I'm working. I'm working from home. I'm taking an hour to do some podcasting. I'm excited about that. What about you? You work at the library. I'm working on my Saturday shift today. Yeah. Is it pretty quiet there today? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's no phone calls or anything. But that's great because we get a lot of other stuff done. I'd say we're quite busy as librarians, meeting our patrons' needs in some interesting times. <laughs> yeah, as, as you said, Brittany. There's a lot of computer work because. Most of our job is moved digital, especially mm-hmm. when our in how we interact with patrons is concerned. Because we, you know, we want to keep us, ourselves safe. We want to keep them safe. What? Uh, wait, what's today's date? It's today December nineteenth of December, twenty twenty. So, if anybody's like, why are they, What? What's all this safety? Assuming that this podcast is up and about for a while, yeah, it's it's hashtag virus time. Yeah, so. Yeah, so this is pretty much our last month of 2020. And mm-hmm. uh, folks, if you remember, 2020 has been kind of a kind of a thing. Um, <laughs> we've yeah spent most of it keeping ourselves away from people. As we mentioned, we're still quite busy with the library doing our uh, yeah. We're working. We're working full time. Oftentimes six o'clock at night, and then when we get home, we still have home stuff to do: cleaning mm-hmm. house, cooking dinner. If you have kids, people are taking care of their kids. And, people are busy. Uh, it doesn't really leave much time for personal pursuits like reading, which sounds interesting since we're librarians and people think that's what we do with our time. <laughs> I just sit and read all day. There's just yeah. nothing to do. That's called sarcasm. <laughs> Please eat that up. Like sarcasm. <laughs> actually, I don't know about you, Brittany, but actually this year, I haven't been reading all that much especially big stuff, like sitting mm-hmm. down with a book. I, I don't know. I just, I just can't do it as, as well as I could, let alone a, a larger book of like maybe 500 words or so. So I've kind of compensated with audiobooks. I think a lot of people right now are really stressed out just like with the way the world is, you know, we went through elections, went through murder hornets, went through all sorts of stressful things and still are. And um, I find I have a really hard time sitting and reading. It's like another section of my brain is like, I need to worry about things while I sit and read. I should be doing something productive, which it's like, that's its own thing to worry about. But I find that if I do some sort of chore while listening to an audiobook, my brain is happier. (laughs) And also just shorter stories are helpful as well. I haven't been doing big chunker books Right. Stress, it makes our brains kind of work overtime. So when we do get those quiet mm-hmm. moments, they just don't feel as restful because our brain is like, you got to keep going. You know, I'm, I've been on this mode for so long, I'm not ready to come off of it. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are feeling the same way. So if you don't have time to sit down and read, we're going to give you some options to help you out. Mm-hmm. Before we get into our topic today, our podcast, Swords and Starships, is about fantasy and science fiction books. And fantasy and science fiction kind of has a reputation. They're longer. I did a little research into the average length for a fantasy and sci-fi book. How many words do you think the average fantasy or science fiction book is? Oh, I'll guess pages because it's like times 400 a page typically. I'm going to say about... 520. Yeah, pages. that's a really good guess. So, <gasps> anywhere between 400 and 500 words is the average 
for a science fiction or fantasy book, fantasy and science fiction is well known for having massive series that go on forever, you know, 20 mm-hmm. book series and such. That's our topic today. Short fantasy and sci-fi that you can read, if not in a day, at least two days, maybe three days, depending on your reading sesh. Yeah. Uh, so, just, just shorter stuff. Yeah. Shorter stuff. We called it, what do we call it? Biteable. Biteable. Biteable, <laughs> Biteable books. books yeah. You get in your mouth, literally. But don't do that because you don't know where they've been. Please don't eat our books. <laughs> you can eat your own books, but not ours. Maybe it's a great source of fiber, but I still probably wouldn't recommend it. There's like glue and stuff in there. I actually tested this theory. Like, can I finish a book within a weekend? And yes, I tested Ooh. myself and I did it with Nettie Okorafor's Binti, her first book. It's about 96 nice. pages long. I never read it. Can you give me a quick little synopsis? I, I've heard of them. I've never read them. Binti is about a young woman who lives in Namibia on Earth. Mm-hmm. And in this world... Earth is kind of a backwater planet. Binti lives on a little desert plantation. She's a little bit different from the rest of her folks because she uh, is really good at mathematics and has an intention to leave her little community for something greater. So as the book starts out, she's ready to just leave her planet without telling her folks or anyone in her village where she's going, because she got a scholarship at the exclusive Umza Uni, which is on a planet quite far away. So So she's a math uh, whiz. (laughs) She's a math whiz, yes. I think it's interesting that Nettie Okorafor, the the writer, she kind of sets up this idea that even though Binti is human, she's kind of on a a different status as, as other humankind who have explored and populate the galaxy. This becomes very important when her transport is attacked by uh, alien species called the Medusa. So they sneak aboard the ship, kill everybody on board, but leave her alone because she doesn't look like the other people on the ship. She has dreadlocks, dark skin. They made the assumption that she was like them or not human. So she took that opportunity to be like, okay, I'm out of here. So she grabs a bunch of food and then hides. Eventually the Medusa figure it out that, yes, she's actually human. And so the rest of the story is about her trying to uh, stay alive and stopping their plan of basically crashing into the uh, Umza Uni. Yeah. That, okay, so that's really fascinating because I feel like, not I don't, I don't want to say the typical story, but a lot of times people of color, like the story is, you know, there is racism and bigotry against them. And I just kind of love how that's a little bit turned on its head in this story. It's like, it saved her. It was, it was a good thing. She was of a different color. Like it saved her butt. So I, that's very interesting. I like that. Like that immediately pulls me in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and it, it kind of sets up the whole, um, the whole theme of the book about what to do when you're facing prejudice and the importance of overcoming prejudice and stereotypes. It's a very short book, even though it's 96 pages, it's a very complicated enriching story. There's a lot of action, a little bit of violence. So if you're not okay with some blood and gore, there are trigger warnings in that effect. Nice. That's nice. If you want to delve into a little bit of sci-fi, and it sounds like these books would be perfect for that. And somebody's like, I just need a little bit of sci-fi in my life. So Um, what what books have you been reading? (laughs) The first book I want to talk about, it's called The Language of Thorns. It's by Leigh Bardugo. And it's a series of short stories. And supposedly... um, so Leigh, she has like a couple different series and most people know like of the Grisha verse. 
I have not read that. I'm not here to talk about that. We're here for the short stories. Just letting you know. But supposedly these short stories um, take place in the Grisha verse, but I read through them and they're like little fantasy stories. There are six short stories total. And as you read through each story, it has illustrations that grow. So it starts like as a little teeny picture along the edges of the page. And as you turn through each story, they grow along the edges and they're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. Um, The illustrations are done by a lady named Sarah Kippen. I was showing Joshua earlier. And at the end of each story, they dedicate an entire page to it. I would say my favorite out of the stories was when water sang fire, because it's, you definitely recognize the little mermaid story in it. I don't want to give away too much about it because the nice, that's the thing with these stories. It's like, you can kind of recognize different stories in them, but they're so different. They stand on their own. So like with, when, when water sang fire, you're like, Oh, this is a little mermaid. And as you're reading through it, you're like, what, uh, what? Like, it's like almost like a different time period of the little mermaid, like different things are happening at the end. You realize that's how it slots into the typical little mermaid story. So I won't, I won't spoil it, but like, that was my favorite one. They're all really good. They're, they're dark fairy tales. So if you're into dark fairy tales, like check out the language of thorns, I would say, I would recommend it for people who enjoy graphic novels as well, just because of the illustration aspect of it. And they're just really quick. If you, and that's the thing too. It's like, if you find you're not really getting into one story, skip it, go to the next one. There's six of them. Like do what you want, live your best life. Um, I kind of laughed because when I was looking at these books, I kind of looked at the authors a little bit closer. And at the end of this, she was talking about, she name dropped some like serious authors names. I'm like, no wonder why this book is so good. You asked all your author friends to like come help you. And she, she mentioned Mary Lou, Saba Tahir, Victoria Aviard, and Rainbow Rell. I'm like, yeah, if you have like the author dream team, look at your book. Of course, it's going to be amazing. And it is, it's really good. It's like one day. One day I'm going to have an author dream team. It's yeah. going to be so good. Okay. What else did you read? What else? Tell, well, me, uh, tell me about it. Another one that I've read is The Seek by Channa Porter. She is a first time writer, as in this is the first book she has ever published. It's a slim 180 so pages. And there is a lot going on in that book. It's crazy. It's fun. <laughs> I couldn't put it down because I was just like thinking the whole time, what is going to happen next? It's one of those books where you can't be like, oh, I know what's going to happen. This is the formulaic plot line. I'm sorry. No, there's no formula to this plot line. And it's totally fun that way. This book is about an alien invasion, but it's not a violent one. It's one that we've been prepared for. It's one that we are ready to accept. So this alien entity known as the seep enters us through our drinking water or any other liquid, and it kind of makes us feel really mm-hmm. good. It makes us connected with other people and with the world around us. So we become more environmentally conscious. We become more socially conscious. And that is the goal of the seep, not to take us over, but to fulfill us, to make us happy. In doing so, it gives us this physical high, but also it allows us to change and lead a life that we think will fulfill us. For example, if you've ever wanted angel wings to grow out of your back, just ingest the seep and the seep will have angel wings grow out of your back. Mm -hmm. If you want a cat tongue for whatever reason, (laughs) you can have a cat tongue by ingesting the seep. Uh, Well, I read it too. So I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I know what's happening. (laughs) The main character, Trina, 
with her wife. They are trans women. And one day, Trina's wife comes to her and says, I'm tired of living with all these painful memories. I want to be born again. So I want to be reborn as a baby. Understandably, Trina doesn't take that as... She's like, as no, as thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's like, we discussed this at book club. We were discussing like the pros and cons of like, your spouse wanted to be a baby. How would you handle that? And we're like, oh my God, no, <laughs> it's weird. I still think it's weird. The way that they explain the situation in the book, <laughs> uh, you kind of do agree with Deba in the sense that she can't be happy if she has all these painful memories. But then again, Trina can't be happy because the love of her life is going to be reborn and forget her. The story is about Trina's search for fulfillment, but also it becomes a story about how she wants to get revenge on this person called Horizon Line. Oh my gosh, yeah. He's such a loser. (laughs) He has a lot of problems in his own right. And uh, if you read the book, you you will definitely see why this is a problematic human being. She blames this Horizon Line for all that's gone wrong so far with the seep, with mm-hmm. her wife. So she goes on a voyage across country to kill him. It's really weird. I can't remember what I compared it to last time, but I compared it to something like, if you like this, you'd probably like this. Um, oh, I compared it to Annihilation, the movie Annihilation. I was like, if you've watched Annihilation and you really liked Annihilation, you would probably have at least an appreciation for this book, The Seep. Definitely. Because it is just so, it's so different. And I think it's like one, you read it and hopefully you get somebody else to read it. So you can both be like, what just happened? (laughs) Or just come listen to our book club about it. And you'll be like, oh my God. (laughs) Sammy read it. Our boss read it. And she was also like, this book was crazy pants. It's kind of a, I would say, I would consider it kind of a palate cleanser. If you're just like, I just need something different. The seep will do that for you. (laughs) It's just so weird. But not to say it's bad, because it's not bad. It's just really different. It's a good book. There's a great message behind it. Fun characters. An alien invasion that is actually pretty funny at some times. Like the seep, when they're speaking parts, they're actually pretty funny. Honestly, I will read more from Chana Potter because I want to know what else is happening in this bonkers world that she's created. The second book that I, hopefully you can't hear that my dog is losing her mind downstairs. Sorry. She's like, the FedEx man, I need to eat him. (laughs) That's Ray. She's like, I'll protect the house. I'm like, you're 15 pounds. I need you to just calm down. (laughs) She's like this little, she looks like a little teeny black fox. She's like, I'll... I'll rescue you. But she'll do that from behind you. Like she'll go bark. And once you come up to the door, she's like, now I hide behind you. Thanks, Ray. Thank you. (laughs) Anywho, the second book, I last minute thought of it. I picked a lot for BookBox, which is a book subscription program we do at the library. It's called The Loneliest Girl in the Universe. It's by Lauren James. And I wish more people had read this book. I feel like it's, it's like an unsung hero. It's so good. Lauren James, who was born the same year I was, I learned that 10 minutes ago. I was stalking her Goodreads. She says in all of her books, she makes all the main lady female characters like scientists are really involved in STEAM. And also, fun fact, our coworker, Clara, they apparently are friends with Lauren James, which I learned like a couple years ago because Clara had recommended it to me. 
And Clara's like, oh, yeah, I talk to Lauren all the time. What do you mean you talk to Lauren all the time? Do you just like hang out with rock stars? But I suppose I should actually tell you what the book's about. The Loneliest Girl in the Universe. Romy is on a spaceship by herself for five years. We know that her parents have died. We don't know how. And she is on her way to a place called Earth 2. I mean, I think it's self-explanatory. They're starting Earth 2. And she should have all the stuff on this spaceship that is going to help make that happen. And so she has a therapist back on Earth who she talks with so she does not lose her mind because she's young. She's like, I think she's like 14. Like she's like a young teen. And the therapist one day tells her, Hey, um, we have a second spaceship and it's, you know, it's newer and it's faster and it'll catch up with you. And I want to say it takes place over like a year or two. So like as her spaceship is going like they've made this other trajectory and they've made it. So the two spaceships will hook up together. Like at some point during the travel and she's like, Oh my gosh, another human. Like she's so excited on her spaceship. She has access to like certain films, certain videos, but they're all like what they had at the beginning when they start their journey. So she doesn't get any new content. So a lot of times she keeps herself really busy with fan fiction. She writes fan fiction about all her favorite characters. And it's just like, it's a way to be creative and kind of it'd be soothing for her. And um, she's really into romance fan fiction. This other spaceship goes and all of a sudden she starts getting messages from this other spaceship from a dude named Jay. He's like, hey, Romy, I'm really excited to meet you. Oh my gosh. Like, this is so exciting. And she's like, this is amazing. And it sounds like Jay is like not that much older than her. And she's like, this is hot stuff. I'm into it. She's like falling head over heels for Jay. This is the kind of book where stuff unfolds. And Romy obviously has had some trauma and really hard things happen to her. And you learn more about that as it goes on. I was so happy for this character to have access to a therapist, at least for the first chunk of the book, to kind of talk about stuff, even if it's not super explicit of like, what happened to her? You learn later on. You're like, oh my gosh, this poor child. Anywho, the spaceship is getting closer to her. And she starts getting weird messages from Earth, like stuff that's not really making sense. And all of a sudden, like her therapist isn't answering her. And, um, you know, she's talking to Jay. She's kind of telling what's going on. He's like, oh, you know, I'm I'm sure everything's fine. And her stuff on her spaceship starts glitching out and it starts getting really scary. And she starts discovering stuff that Jay is saying maybe not be true. And she has no idea why Jay would even be lying to her if that's even the case. So it's, it's a, like a space mystery thriller. And I think a lot of people would appreciate it right now because in quarantine, a lot of people are alone, just like Romy. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to talk about this book, especially right now. Like, I just think so many people would love it. And, oh, what's also really interesting is as you go through, there's a countdown to how many days left she has until the two spaceships hook up to each other, you know, a thousand, so many days till the eternity meets meets the infinity. There are two spaceships. And then as it gets closer and closer, like the intensity is building. Some of it frightening. Some of it's just really exciting. It sucked me in and it is 303. So it's not that long. And the space between the lines is quite thick. So it's even 303 pages. You could condense it a lot. I think most people could probably get through it pretty quickly, especially since some of it is like her, um, her fan fiction. So that's, that's even shorter. And like the messages between her and Jay, like those are really short. So it's fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. It's one of those books that I low key almost, I'm like, maybe I should buy it. 
I only, I only buy books that I feel like I would read multiple times. Yeah. It sounds really good. And that's another one. I am definitely going to check out mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to really enjoy it because it just sounds so, you know, it's like, I love stories that take real people and put them into crazy circumstances because mm-hmm. I just want to see how she's going to come out of it. She definitely sounds like a person you can root for. I mean, she's, she's very wholesome in the sense that, you know, she writes fan fiction. She has a rich internal life and she's just like a, a normal, nice kid. In case you're one of those people who are like, oh, I can't deal with stress right now. It does have a happy ending. And I don't, I don't think that ruins anything. I'm just saying like, it, it will be okay. Like push through. <laughs> so, so folks, you know that, uh, Brittany and I uh, are librarians, and uh, that means that we, we, we are uh, privileged enough to hear some pretty interesting sounds. This segment is, we call, What's That Sound? Brittany and Christina have gone through the library and found an interesting sound, and we're going to play it, and along with me, you're going to help me guess what is that sound. Are we ready? Let's play a game. Let's play a game. Okay, how many it's guesses called- did you get? What's that sound? <laughs> um, let's give you three. <laughs> what is that? Okay, my first guess. That? It was a frog that got stuck in the book drop. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> That'd be horrible. We've had a slug come through the vent. I don't think we've got any live critters in the book drop. Let's see. Would you like a hint? Yes. From a place that you've started going somewhat recently. I know. I know this. It's up the twisty staircase. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if you don't want to be haunted by uh, frightening dolls, you have to turn this. <laughs> right? So they Correct. don't stare at you with their scary doll eyes. Yes. Yes. It, it is the light switch in the attic. Yes. Yes. If you play that sound again at the very end, you can hear a little bit of ticking. But it's very quiet. Yes. So you hear that big twisting noise and then you hear tick, 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 tick. Because it's a countdown of when the light will shut off, which is kind of frightening, especially if you're up there for a while. Christina had to go up there and work up there for hours. And so she would have to make sure to go twist the lights, which again, otherwise she would just be plunged like into darkness with the frightening dolls. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, that was fun. Good job, Joshua. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the hint. Thank you folks for spending the time with us. And we'd like to leave you with some uh, happy thoughts. Brittany, what brings you joy? Okay. So actually it kind of goes along with our theme, but I'll promise to keep it really short. There is a webtoon called Laura Olympus and it is about Hades and Persephone. And it is so good. I've read it twice, but nobody around me has read it. But I found a podcast of these two ladies who have read it and they love it. So what I'm doing is I'm going through each episode, which only takes like five minutes to get through, going through each episode and I'm listening because I do a podcast about like every two episodes. And so it's like, it's bringing me such joy. I'm like, no, none of my friends have read it, but these ladies have, I can, I can, uh, fan fiction it up. Oh, it's amazing. That's what's bringing me joy. What about you? That's so great. First, before I tell you, uh, what was the name of that webtoon again? It's called Lore Olympus. And um, it's free. Um, the only bummer is you have to sign up like with an account. But it's for me, it's been so worth it. I'm like, Lore Olympus. It comes out every Sunday morning. Okay, what's bringing me joy? I used to live abroad. 
before I came back to the United States. So I used to live in a country called Indonesia. It's a very hot, very beautiful country, wonderful people. When I was there, you, you don't really get seasons all that much. You get the rainy season and you get the hot season. Nothing much in between. And what, I what brings me joy is winter. Because when you've been away from it for a while, you never realize how much you miss the cold. It actually feels really satisfying. You know, walking around in a cold day and then you come inside and it's nice and warm. It gives me that warm, cozy feeling. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. The Christmas lights and mm. the cold. I would never have thought about that. But yeah, that's super cool. So folks, uh, thank you once again. I hope you're going to stay uh, happy and healthy. Take care. Take care of each other. And yeah. we'll see you again. Goodbye, everybody. Read some books. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us today. You can reach us at starships at coosbaylibrary.org. We'll see you next time.